Oh, hey there, everybody. Minus three is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There's no better place to make every moment more than with FanDuel. Great odds and markets for the NBA, NHL, college basketball. We're going to get to that in just one second. And so much more. Great new and existing user promos. It's America's number one sportsbook for a multitude of reasons. Easy to use, safe and secure. You get your winnings fast now in as little as two hours. And of course, we love the same game parlay. Discover the most popular same game parlays each day, right when you log on to FanDuel. And if you're new, you just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started now. Sign up with the promo code minus three, the word minus the number three, so that they know that your pals here at minus three sent you. And now, Eddie Spaghetti, let's start minus three. Alford trying to work himself free. Fight down on to Daryl Thomas. Eight seconds to go. Off the smart. Fake fine jump shot in the air. Goal! Four seconds, three seconds, two seconds, one. The Hoosiers have won the national championship. It's down to seven seconds. You can see the time. Wittenberg. Oh, it's a long way. They won it. On the dunk. They go length of the court with Archie Diakono. Three seconds at midcourt. Jenkins gives it to Jenkins for the championship. Minus three with Dave Damashek. Oh, yes. Hi and hello. It's a, a wonderful day in the sports neighborhood. We're ready to roll into March Madness. We are mere hours, nay, minutes, nay, seconds from the tip-off of one of the great days, no matter how much you love college basketball or if it's just on the side screen most of the time. Thursday and Friday, arguably two of the greatest days that exist for the sports fan. Make sure you play along with us. Extrapoints.com. Go to the Arcade tab and find the Tourney Challenge. If you win the Tourney Challenge, I'm in. Well, I'm going to be in. So is Kevin Hench. So is Eddie Spaghetti. So is everybody here at Extra Points. And if you beat us all, you might win $1,000. So make sure you get in on that. And like we say, bet along with your pals here on all the things that we're about to cover for you in March Madness by going to FanDuel.com and using the promo code MINUS3. Also, quick shout out, happy birthday, 85th to my old man. If you don't like the sound of Damashek droning on and on and on about sports and the game of life, blame him. He's the one who dragged me to all those games when I was a kid and made me love sports. So anyway, let's get into it by saying hello to our main man. If you want to hear some pro football talk, deep dive, you can go back and listen. We just did one yesterday, me and Eddie Spaghetti. I think we did a capable job breaking down the early days of free agency. Still breaking news as that goes along, but our focus is on March Madness here. For all the uh, the night owls who stay up late and cribbed in for finals, that's what we're about to do with this March Madness. Now, let's say hello to him. It's Kevin Hench. What's the poop, fella? Well, you know, if you look back at my life and career, it becomes pretty obvious that I have tried to be unemployed on the Thursday and Friday of the beginning of March Madness. Like, mm. I, what I don't want to be is at a fucking desk with no TV on this Thursday and Friday. Now, we're lucky because we've worked in and out of an industry where even if you're unlucky enough to be employed... There's a fucking TV with the games on. At least there's a TV with the games turned down. You know, occasionally I've gone into an office and been like, hey, where's uh, where's the TV? What's up? 
What do we do? Oh, we're not. It's Thursday. We're not. Wa- no one's watching. Okay. This is a bad job. I got to get out of this one fast. But uh, Thursday, the first day to me, it, it should be a national holiday like Election Day. It's so great. Um, now, I, was- I think it's even better to play hooky. There are certain things that are that are better when there is work going on, but you know better. You have your priorities in order, and you just skip out. Play hooky. I can't say I have a oh, finger. Right. I fancy pants, I fancy pants, Hollywood no, showrunner. Hench listen. can't do it. You reach a certain station in life. I guess that's well. Uh, an even bigger irony is I've worked in sports for most of the last fifteen years, not in comedy, and in doing that, very often sports takes you around from uh, takes you away from your greatest passion, which is watching sports. That's the worst. But anyhow, continue. Um, so I was thinking back to, as we get into our picks, and I, I still have really good rationales for my picks. When growing up at the height of the Big East, you know, the Patrick Ewing, Chris Mullen, Villanova, Easy Ed Pinckney days, like I could name the starting five for nine teams in the Big East. And now now you watch a tournament, get you know, you watch the conference tournaments, you're like, you're trying to to learn as much as possible about these teams as quickly as possible, but you you certainly don't have the depth and breadth of knowledge that we grew up with, you know, watching Clyde Vaughn play for Pitt in the 80s. Uh, you know, so I'm, anyway, I'm that's not very happy. That's so nice that you shout out old 42 there. My so, heart so- is warm. We need to do a show, by the way. I've just come up with this right now. We need to do a show because only you, me, and, and Sal are old enough to be able to invoke those and a limited audience would care about it. Nevertheless, we do need a specialty cast and we'll call it not Manning cast, old Manning cast. And we just, <laughs> all we do is we just talk about the olden days. We're I think legitimately there would be audience for that. So Raphael Addison and Leo Routens. Um, so, <laughs> Michael so, Adams was your okay. guy, right? Now I'm, so let's jump right in and this will be okay. kind of our best bets. First of all, uh, major congratulations to my Vermont Catamounts, who just just blew out the America East Conference this year, but apparently not sneaking up on anybody. Only five point underdogs against the Hogs of Arkansas. Um, I, you know, I don't want to pick the Catamounts outright um, because that'll jinx them, of course, because of the great power I wield. But that over under is one hundred and thirty nine and a half, and Arkansas is a rock fest that defends and the Catamounts defend. There's no way those, those teams are getting up in the seventies. No way. Bet that game under. So that's just a, that's a freebie right out of the gate. Um, my, so looking at this field, the one thing I feel strongly about, I caught, I caught a little bit of Gonzaga this year. You know, I saw them lose to Duke. Um, I saw, they're always like struggling with St. Mary's either losing outright or needing a late run. And I'm just like, that team is, they lost Suggs and Kispert. They're not as good as they were last year. They're not. I mean, I know they're they're Once again, they're the, the trendy pick Jay Billis, but I'm like, Nope, I have a very anti chalk feeling about this particular. Now I, I do know we must be on our, about our one year anniversary of doing this together. Me and you. You're right. So true. We should last up. year I threw out Baylor plus five fifty. I had a very strong feeling about the physicality and depth of that Baylor team. Now Gerard Butler and, uh, and Davion Mitchell are in the pros. So I don't feel good about Baylor this year. And I start to look d- down a little deeper into the brackets for that money value. Now last year, 
Gonzaga and UCLA square off in an epic semifinal, right? One of the all-time great games, right? right? So, okay, well, Gonzaga lost Corey Kispert and Jalen Suggs to the first round of the NBA. Johnny Juzang's coming back. Hawkes is coming back. Tyler Campbell's coming back. UCLA's a four seed. I got them at plus 2,800. They're still at plus 2,000. If UCLA, if you, if UCLA and, and Gonzaga were going to play that semi and, and Suggs and Kispert got hurt in practice, who, who would have won that game? So I love the Bruins at the value they're at right now to win the whole thing. Um, I, I like their region. So, so that is, that's, you know, now Baylor plus 50, they were, they were the number two favorite. That wasn't so courageous of me last year, but I love the value of UCLA with that team intact. Um, how say you? I, I like your logic there, the year-to-year logic. Um, I, there's a lot of buzz around UCLA right now. I'm going to get to USC in just a second. First, an overview from Damashek for what it matters. I've been watching college basketball a long time and filling out the brackets, and I think you need an overarching sort of system that endures through a couple of years or which player has the one super freshman who's going to be drafted in the NBA in a number of weeks. Here are the things I like about March Madness or the things I look for in the teams I I pick to go deep. One, I like the great coaches who've had success in the tournament, obviously. I like upperclassmen guards, a a longstanding rule, but even more applicable and relevant as more and more of the the high-end players move on after their, their 18th year on the planet Earth. And I used to be more in on which is the best conference um, and or the top two conferences, I still like it. But all those games obviously are played in November or December. So we're trying to divine something from like, hey, that Big Ten team beat that ACC team. Yeah, it was Thanksgiving. That was forever ago. I don't know how relevant it is. It's hard to really figure that one out, but it does feel like pretty clearly the Big 12 and the Big Ten were the class of college basketball this year. And then I also like the UNC has, they've gone deep with just with, not guys who necessarily are going to be playing in the NBA, but they're a handful for student athletes. I call it the Scott May factor. Scott May was completely irrelevant in the NBA, but when he was, or wait, no, I'm sorry, Sean May. So I don't call it that. So I just made it up. I'm sorry. It's, it, it's not Scott May. It's Scott May's son, Sean May, who carried UNC to a title, what, 15 years ago, just because nobody could physically handle him in, in, on the blocks in college basketball. Tyler Hansborough was one of those guys. I think Kofi Coburn for Illinois is is perhaps that guy. And the best big man in the country is Oscar Shubwe. And so that's why I am taking UK. I'm going to back into this. I'm going UK to win it all at plus 950. They're going to beat Zona. Arizona at plus 145. They have some of the factors I just mentioned to you. That's why I like them. Zona at plus 145 to get to the final four. If you like that specific matchup, Plus 2,300, you can get that at FanDuel. And then I have uh, the Zags getting there. I hear your words, but they're such a prohibitive favorite. I, I, I've i slotted them in there, if only so I don't come in last place. Because among the extra points, gang, whoever comes in last place among just the staff has to go into the cap of consequences, and I'm looking to avoid that. So I'm not getting super risque with filling out my bracket. And then I have Kansas losing to Zona in the uh, in their final four matchup and now we can jump to uk like i say 
I like that team. I like Calipari. I like them for all the reasons I said. The other one I'll throw out for you in the East is the my Hoosiers. You, you just did it yourself with the Catamounts. I have to do it with the Hoosiers. They're, they're, they're plus two and a half against St. Mary's. Let's roll with the Hoosiers. That's a fun bet. That's, that's just a fun one. And I'm going to give you a long shot from every region. Virginia Tech has played really well down the stretch there. Plus 360 to get to the Sweet 16. That's where I'll start us off. Eddie Spaghetti, how say you? I'll start uh, with my final four. I'll work backwards. I have Gonzaga of the West. I have Tennessee, three seed out of the South. Midwest, I have Kansas. And the East, I have UCLA. Um, basically looking at the Midwest bracket with Kansas, I just don't think they have that many tough matchups. Maybe USC, a lot of people like them. Um, I guess you could say if you, you like Iowa out of that, but uh, I think they have the easiest path to there. Tennessee out of the South, uh, I don't know. I mean, a lot of people have said that they should have been a one. Tate Frazier uh, comes to mind. He was just on against the odds, and uh, Sheck, me and you are good friends with uh, Sean Sullivan, Sully, who is the world's biggest Volunteers fan. So I've seen quite a bit of stuff about Tennessee. I even know that Clay Travis went a rant about how they deserve to be there. So a lot of people think Tennessee should be, be- uh, better than the, what they are. So uh, I, I do like them. They do have some quality wins there. UCLA. Uh, this is a tough one for me because I know a lot of people do like Purdue as well and Kentucky. It's a pretty tough bracket there. Uh, obviously, Baylor as well as the one seed, but I think UCLA is just a well-coached team returning a lot of players. And uh, part of me wants to root for the local team here because uh, I, as a USC hater, because I'm a Notre Dame fan, I have no problem with UCLA. So they can go win, and uh, the Pac-12 is probably an underrated – not probably. Their Pac-12 is a very underrated basketball conference right now. And uh, out of the West – uh, I hate Duke, but they're a solid team. I wouldn't be shocked if they made it out here. But I think Gonzaga, Mark Few is a great coach. They've never won a championship. They're always in the precipice. Chet Holmgren, he's a, a freak of nature. Like, why not this year? Um, so I have a Gonzaga beating a UCLA and then going on to the national championship, who they beat Tennessee um, in a, a close game there. So I think Gonzaga over Tennessee is my my final four and championship pick. Well, I'm with Hench because I went as chalky as I could with the Zags, but exactly the reason I couldn't pick them to get over the top is they had Suggs last year. He's not there anymore, and and I love the high-end guard play. Uh, Hench, any others you want to throw well, out here? You know what's weird? It's funny. Um, you know, I think Duke is the most talented. Like, they, 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 they've got some pros on that team, and then you watch them – in an emotional must win in coach K's farewell against the rival. They just don't show up. They just do not show up at all. And then in the conference tournament, they were trailing Syracuse who went 500 with buddy Bayheim suspended. They were trailing with five minutes left and then, and then blown out by Virginia tech. It's like, I don't know. There's just something missing uh, from this farewell tour uh, I, I just, I can't see them riding that ship and, and running the table. Uh, the other thing that's funny, because you get these, like, you know, over the course of the year, you're watching Sports Center, you're going, oh, these guys are on Sports Center a lot. And so uh, South Dakota State, it, it, anyone who's seen their highlights is like, that's a fun team. That's a super sleeper. There's there's an opportunity to make some money there. Oh, oh Vegas gets Sports Center too. Turns out Vegas also subscribes to ESPN. Because you're like, oh, South Dakota State versus Providence, 13 versus a four. What am I looking at? Two points. Oh, oh, they're getting two, they're getting two points. Like you think you think you right. think you're gonna get you're gonna get 12 and a half. It's like, no, everybody knows they're good. Oh, well, then never mind. 
<laughs> and you know what that points to? And Jay Billis said it to Sal. I listened to uh, to their conversation, and it's exactly right. Let somebody else, let many others uh, get seduced by that. Because you start trying to pick a Cinderella and riding them to the Sweet 16 or the Final Eight, and all of a sudden your bracket is blown up. That's another reason to go chalk. You better, well, if you're picking a big upset anywhere along the way, you should kind of, whichever side you can't decide, have that team lose next. Because if you try to pick that one Cinderella, maybe you thread the needle, but the likelihood is it is that you don't, and then your entire bracket needs to be thrown in the garbage by well, the end of the first week. Well, it's funny, you and I both both have the winner of the East winning the whole thing. You have Kentucky and, and I have UCLA. And I think part of our confidence is that it's they have the weakest one seed. Baylor Baylor just has lost so much to the to the Suggs Kispert thing. But Butler and Mitchell were were what separated that team last year. I think UNC does the whole bracket a favor in the second round and knocks off Baylor, and then and then it's smooth sailing for UCLA. Not smooth, but I think they'll beat UNC, and then you and I will have a fun uh, UCLA. Kentucky regional final, maybe a little side action. I love it because I, I, and I like, I like when the blue bloods are all together, literal blue bloods, in fact, based on their uniform colors. Yeah. I have UCLA and UK hooking up. And if Carolina can do them both a favor, all the better. I'll give you a couple in the Midwest KU plus 200 to get to the final four. My long shot of all long shots that I, that I'm riding with this season. Sorry, Eddie Spaghetti. You said you hate USC. And by the way, this Duke talk and who Eddie Spaghetti hates because of his uh, affinity for Notre Dame reminds me in just a second here, we're going to get to our most booable players and people in all of sports. We'll do that in, uh, in just a couple of minutes, but USC, my long shot plus 2,500 to get to the final four. They have all the elements I described at the top. Andy Enfeld has had great success. We remember his run, his Cinderella run with his old team. They have Isaiah Mobley, who is one of those guys who just physically can dominate student athletes. Um, he's, he's more mature than uh, physically than other kids are. And they've got two great scores in the backcourt in Drew Peterson and Boogie Ellis. Everything is there for them to make a run. So I like that a lot. In the South, Nova is a fun, not a sleeper. A lot of people are in on them, but a plus 490 to get to the final four. The, I guess what counts as a sleeper slash a long shot, the Eli and I, and I mentioned uh, Kofi Coburn uh, that my, I, I got burned my wiener and and the rest of me uh, by riding too hard on the Illini a year ago. Now they make it right. Plus 142 to get to the sweet 16. That's a fun little early bet to make. And I definitely like them uh, laying eight against Chattanooga. That number seems too small, almost fishy, uh, except that the Illini, I guess, kind of sort of underachieved. So I like that one. Any thoughts? Um, well, you are picking, I believe you're, you're picking a Kentucky, Arizona final, right? Yes. That's the, that's, that was the 1997 final. That Correct. was the Miles, Good Miles Simon, uh, final four. Right. Um, and, uh, and Kentucky wins in 96 and 98, I believe. Yeah. Uh, Tubby Smith wins in 98, but Tino wins in 96, loses in 97. The thing that I always remember about the 96 team, um, I used to do a pretty, a pretty, uh, expensive, uh, March Madness pool where you bid, you know, you might bid $400 on a team. And I had Kentucky in 96 to win it all. And I had just moved out here and uh, I literally needed them to win to pay my rent. 
That that was that was the greatest, <laughs> that was the greatest fucking gambling victory of all time. Oh my like, god! Why okay. have I never heard that yeah. story? It's That's like, and, uh, and I, I think a guy named I think a guy named John Wallace played for Syracuse. But I was like, if if uh, if if Ron Mercer and the boys could pull this off, I can pay my rent on time. I was so luck excited. sliding doors ga- sliding doors gambling style. You won, paid your rent, and look at you now. Yeah, I know. Fancy I shows. Been the, uh, I've been on the Greyhound back to Vermont. And then, and then we have our pal Randy, who joins against all odds periodically, who bet on whoever yeah. the Chiefs were playing, and it went to overtime. Chargers, right? Is that right? And then Tamrick Vanover, Tamrick Vanover. Re- returned a kickoff in overtime to cover, and Randy could not pay off his yeah. debt, so he joined the Exactly. Day. No, it's crazy. Sliding doors. Tony, <laughs> Delk, Tony Delk and Ron Mercer uh, uh, deliver me uh, in a situation where um, – Tamrick Vanhover sent uh, Brad into the Navy. And uh, by the way, one more for you, uh, because there's a lot of buzz around them. The conference matches up with, you know, the the toughest conference uh, by the computer's assessment and otherwise. Texas Tech at plus 650 coming out of the the rugged Big 12. Maybe that's a a good play for you. A lot of people buzzing about Tech right now, including – didn't Tate Frazier? He was super hip on them with the uh, against all odd boys. So uh, odds boys. So I like them. That's um, my that's my pick out of that region. So I mean, I'm I'm pretty anti chalky. I do have Kansas beating USC in that regional final, but otherwise it's Texas Tech, UCLA, and Houston. So I could be going into the cap of consequences if, if well, everyone is going chalk, which sucks. It's the opposite. See, if you're trying to win, you should be aggressive. If you're right. just trying not to lose, you should go chalk. I, that's what I've done, but I've given you some fun plays on the side so you so you can have your cake and some pie, which should replace the long-standing cliche that doesn't really make any sense. He want, I get what the spirit is. You don't have to email me about it, anybody. But he wants to have his cake and eat it too. Like, yeah, if you give me cake, I'm going to eat it. Indulgent, though, you really want to talk about have a cake and some pie. That's what it should be addressed. Punch that up, Hench. You're, you're, you've okay. got the, the juice to. I, I'm totally to, agree with you. To make what else would you do with cake? Just rub right. it on your balls. Right. Mean, oh my! You're planning oh. on eating it. You're planning gave, on eating it. I gave Damashek. I gave. You know what that gluttonous son of a bitch did? He ate, it. He, he ate the cake. He ate the cake. Well, outrageous, right? Um, Eddie Spaghetti. Final thoughts on March Madness. Best bets for the listener to jump in on here. Uh, well, if you believe in what I say about, you know, Tennessee making there, you're going to get better odds on them, obviously, because they're a three seed and they should have probably been a higher seed. So that's probably my best bet there. Uh, if you have any, uh, some of the, the upsets I have, like that, you know, you can get your, your classic 12, I mean, Hench, I actually have your Vermont Catamounts, uh, winning that match versus uh, Arkansas. If you want to bet on that game, that's another good one. Uh, I do have Michigan who's a higher seed beating Colorado State's a six seed, um, I'm trying to see other ones I have there. USF beating Murray State, ten seed. So there's some uh, Alabama losing to uh, to Rutgers. So I have again a few upsets there that uh, if you want to bet on Fanduel.com/slash-minister, you'll get better odds on those than having all the chalk picks. You know, all my buddies texted me because the Catamounts were on TV in the in the America East final against um, University of Maryland, Baltimore County. That sounds like a powerhouse. <laughs> That sounds like a fucking killer, killer program. So, uh, you know, the, the the only drama is would they win by twice as many points? This is in the conference final. Like, this other team is supposed to be good. I think it ended up being um, 82-43. 
I think. But um, crazy, crazy stat in that game. So I'm watching on TV. I see Patrick Jim where I lived. I just spent nine hours a day in there shooting threes, playing with Coach Brennan in the faculty game. So um, Ben Shungu, uh, who, who Ben Shungu and Ryan Davis are the two best players on the category. They're, they're both great. Love them ben, both. Yeah. Been ben Shungu went to a local high school, uh, dominated at Rice Memorial High School in South Burlington, Vermont. He was playing his eighth consecutive championship game in Patrick Jim. So every season ends. It's going to be weird for him next year when he's playing in Tel Aviv. Cause you know, it's like, it's like, Oh, my season always ends at Patrick Jim with raising a banner, like a, a championship. But anyway, uh, obviously I'll be watching and pulling for my catamounts. I won't go so far as spaghetti just did to jinx them by predicting a victory, but it sure would be nice. Uh, and it would be shades of 2005 when the cats knocked off Jim Bayheim's Syracuse origin with, Hakeem Warwick and Jerry McNamara um, with uh, TJ Sorrentine hitting the, the 28 footer from straight away to seal it. And Jermaine uh, Mopagila, guy who averaged 5.8 points a game, going nine for 10 for 20 points uh, as, as we beat the Qs. And, and the funny thing about these games is like, that's your, that's not just your season, that's your decade. You know, they lost to oh, Michigan yeah. State. In, they lost to Michigan State in the next round. It's like, who cares? Who cares? We'll die well, it's now. Like, it's like I always say about the Kansas City Royals. You do that once like they did in 2015. You don't have any right if you're in that fan base to complain for the next quarter century. Expectations must be measured there. But best wishes to you, to John LeClaire. That's the only other. Well, my sister, nice. Debbie. My sister, Debbie. Those are the three people I know who went to UVM. But best wishes to you all. Best wishes to everybody. Enjoy the tournament. Good stuff. And a tip to any teachers. You mentioned faculty. If you want your students to like you forever, cut them loose. I say, well, you know what? We can talk about this next week. Go watch the first round of the tournament, you scamps. And then go watch it with them somewhere. That's a that's, that's what a good teacher, a good boss does, I think. Um, Tim Thomas and Marty St. Louis, also a UVM Catamounts. Is that right? I didn't know Marty St. Louis. Yeah. I Who, by the way... Uh, not so great against against the Coyotes, but but quietly turning the Habs around a little bit. They yeah, right. Five game winning streak there, and uh, Cole Caulfield, who had done nothing all year, is on fire. Uh, uh, he's been freed by Martin Saint Louis. Funny Martin Saint Louis story. Uh, he was one of the perpetrators, but I didn't realize this. All the French Canadian players at the University of Vermont took French one. They they took French one. That was they were like, look. I'm just trying to stay academically eligible here. I'm going to take the language that I, my first language, I'm going to take it as uh, trying to learn to conjugate verbs so I can get one A. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, Hall of Famer Martin St. Louis and Tim Thomas. <laughs> that's a great loophole. I never thought about that. That's, that's terrific. French. Uh, and of course, uh, Tim Thomas, do, do you know, taking us to the promised land, which Tuca came within one game of doing but couldn't couldn't pull it off. All right, let's go to your boo your boo list. Well, right, you mentioned you mentioned the Habs, the Blue Blanque Rouge. Surely there are a name there's a name or 17 that Kevin Hench, longtime Boston Bruins fan, can summon as as someone he would love or perhaps already has booed. Also, I'm guessing some Los Angeles Lakers. You know what we have to do at a later date though. We really do. I'm sorry to derail the start of our conversation, but we do have to 
uh, after it's done. I don't, think you can, the- I don't think you can technically derail anything. You never rail anything. No, nothing you're right. Ever gets, right. Nothing ever gets railed with you right. to, right. to start down the tracks. That's because I'm futuristic. I'm a hovercraft. I don't no, play games. I'm not dancing. With the, with the train metaphor, you're just a spinning roundhouse. Like you don't know where the cars are going to come out of. Like what? That go to the go to track C. I don't know what Shaq's talking about. I don't know. It's in the kitty ride section at the amusement park. The one that just goes in a small circle. That's that's Damashek talking. You started on this podcast by going, "Let's bring in our main man," and then you introduce spaghetti. I was like, "What the <laughs> fuck?" I, uh, this whole time, I thought I was the main man. You are now. Listen, you're my main man. I don't want right. you to hear the other stuff. That's just fluffing other people. You okay. are the genuine article, my main man. Hey, hey, take a shot on college hoops this March with a risk-free bet on FanDuel Sportsbook. It doesn't matter if you're new to FanDuel or if you already have an account. All customers are getting a risk-free bet on the bracket. All you have to do is sign into the FanDuel Sportsbook app to claim yours. And most importantly, you use the promo code minus three. Again, the word minus the number three. Just sign up. With that, uh, with that promo code, that's extra helpful to us. Then you can bet on the underdog you've had your eye on. If USC counts as an underdog, that's mine. I gave you the reasons why. Or go with the favorite. Either way, risk-free. We uh, told you the reasons that we're riding with the teams we are. We love uh, the FanDuel app. It's a great time with so many things going on with uh, the playoffs going on, the end of the regular seasons, and a couple of sports. March Madness upon us. No better place to bet the tournament and beyond with FanDuel Sportsbook. And be sure you use that promo code MINUS3. Real quick, let's get in a quick break. We have to talk about because you're because you're a fine writer. I, at a later date, I finally caught up for the first time in 20 years with the last picture show, and I swooned all over again. In fact, harder than ever before. What a picture that is! We have to talk about that, and then next week, let's talk about when it settles a little bit more, who won and who lost free agency. Everybody will do that. Spoiler alert! Right now, it could be your New England Patriots who've lost it. I don't know what. I mean, Jesus, they might come in fourth place in that division. The Dolphins well, are better. The Bills are obviously still good, and the Jets are better. It's it's it is interesting. But I like that. Quick I like thought that on Patriot, that. Patriot fans, you know, every time a fucking All Pro just walks out the door, like J.C. Jackson, we were talking a little bit about Chandler Jones prior to the show. But it's like, you know, Patriot Nation just goes, "Hey, man, he doesn't pay guy. He doesn't pay those guys. He just won't pay those guys." It's like, uh, J.C. Jackson's a lot better football player than Nelson Aguilar. They fucking paid that guy last year. Like, Jesus Christ, you got to pay somebody. You got to have guys who can make plays. So I'm very depressed about, about the Patriots. But uh, in preparation for whenever we talk about the last picture show, watch, people need to watch these careers thusly. Okay. I know what you're going to say. I, I It's remarkable. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I yes. would be shocked if you knew what I was going to say. That Timothy but, Bottoms never is in another movie or well, not one of known at least. I'm going to say, speaking of, of being derailed and railed, like you <laughs> have to look at people's careers in the 70s and 80s, understanding that at some point you became a cocaine addict. Like you have to look at careers and go, like when you start looking at Bogdanovich's body of work, <laughs> when he falls off the fucking planet, God rest his soul, um, you... You're like, last picture show is so perfect. It's just, you know, you're like, how could anyone fall so far? And, and there, there are plenty of other examples uh, uh, too, but it's like, the that would be a great film history book 
the before and after cocaine. Cocaine, the music sucks. There's fucking storytelling sucks. Everybody goes, that was awesome, man. And you're like, no, that was terrible. You were you were railing. And that movie is awful. But uh, that'll that'll be some fun homework before we discuss Last Picture Show. Oh, I just I went wild for it for a movie that I have seen for I like that. It was fresh and and by new the to way, me. I mean, Go you ahead. know, when you're watching Last Picture Show and and then you're you're hearing, you know, Bogdanovich cheated on his wife, Polly Platt, or 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 lady friend. I don't know if they're married, but uh cheated on her with with Sybil Shepherd. And you're watching that movie, you're like, right. yeah. You're like, yeah, that that really tracks. That really <laughs> tracks for me. Um, wow, yeah. She's unbelievably stunning. So oh my God. I mean, it's that is so crazy. I mean, you know, I I guess uh moonlighting was probably my my biggest dose of Sybil Shepherd. Now obviously a handsome woman at that point in her life, but uh Good Lord. Last picture show. Oh, I mean, we top five. Into that pool with Randy Quaid. Yeah. Well, and, and Bogdanovich imagines he's the roughneck then on the pool table. All right, listen, enough of this. We'll do this at a later date. Now, Eddie Spaghetti's chomping at the bit. Here's what happened. Hench, just to bring you and the listener. Up no, 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 no. Let me say it because you're going to. No, no, no. You don't even know what I'm not chomping at the bit. What are you talking about? I said, okay, uh, you're right. You're not. You're, okay, let me let me just give the background. I said last week. No, in front of Ben already. Simmons. Wrong already. It, it was a listen, separate, listen, separate listen. Conversation. Separate ben conversation. Simmons. I say to Sal. I say, is there ever going to be a bigger a, a, a bigger booing of anybody than Ben Simmons by the Philadelphia crowd? And he got booed, and then Jack Eichel got booed when he went back to Buffalo. So two big booings. And in honor of Coach K, who has some of the most loathsome players in the history of college basketball here at the at the start of another tournament, his last one, Duke also has a bunch of booable guys. But then somehow it got into Sidney Crosby from Eddie Spaghetti saying like, oh, he's booable. He's nope. unlikable. See, you said he's right. unlikable. Nope. Go you, ahead. Already, already, I knew you were going okay, to go the story. This is why you're better off with letting me tell the story. It was on Against All Odds, and Sal went around the entire show asking the D3, myself, Joel, and Meatballs, a guy you hate. And Meatballs put in the chat, and he said, Sidney Crosby. And I said, I agree. Sal Southern said, you see you guys would boo Sidney Crosby. And I said, yes, he'd be a booable person. That, was a, that, that, w- that would have been the end of it. And then you caught wind of that and have to keep belaboring the point of bringing to Twitter. And I'm not even trying to create the argument. My point is this. I think you are just afraid of admitting that like a Pittsburgh athlete could be hated or booed because you did this. You're with no, 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 I'm not a weirdo. You did this. You did this with Roethlisberger. Anyone, anytime anyone said anything about big, big Ben's a bad guy, you had to come out and be like, everyone's a bad guy. Like it's okay. If somebody hates your guy, it's going to, it's going to happen. I'm a Yankee fan. Let me settle this once. Crosby's a heel across the NHL. It's okay to accept. Yes, he wins. He wins on every level, but he's he's Sidney Crosby, Sidney Crosby, better guy than Ben Roethlisberger. I think we can all agree. (laughs) I'd agree with that. I think we can all agree. Uh, Okay. Well, listen, I'm glad you teed this up um, with the, with the three minute argument about how it started, but with the Ben Simmons story, because as I was contemplating it, I have been surprised at my own personal level of antipathy toward James Harden, given that I'm not a Rockets fan and I'm not a Nets fan. I'm, I haven't been personally betrayed by this fucking guy, but I mean, he's, 
he's surpassed Kyrie on my list of guys I want to boo and I want to see booed. So it was very funny last week watching the crowd boo Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons in his Louis Vuitton sweater. Boo, guy who's not playing. <laughs> boo you. Boo you. By halftime, they're booing their they're own players. They're booing the Sixers. They're Please come back, Harden. man. They're booing. Harden goes three for 17. They're booing the fucking Sixers off the court, and then they leave. And I just, I couldn't believe how delighted I was by the boos raining down on James Harden, who, obviously a very talented player, but like, God, when people start really trying, I don't think that guy has a gear to go to where he can impose his will on the game. And then, you know, it's funny, in between getting destroyed by the Nets and losing at home to, to the Joker and the Nuggets, they beat the Magic in overtime. They could have lost that game so easily. So anyway, um, I, I'm delighted by the this stage of the process also looking like it's going to fail, certainly. And, uh, and, the, and the Sixer fans not disappointing with the rage and the booing. I, it's a funny thing that they reached uh, Philadelphia sports fans about a decade ago. They finally decided to start pushing back because there were enough examples out there. Sort of like Spaghetti said about me with Rothenberg. Well, everybody's a bad guy. Like, oh, every fan base boos and is a jerk to people. Philadelphia people scare players out of their town. Like Ben Simmons. They chased him out of town. Like, like hey, you stay loyal to our town. We got your back forever. Like, yeah, everybody ain't wired that way. Like, some people need the carrot, not the whip. You just, I mean, like, that that's a weird position for a fan to, to take pride in, like, yeah, we'll chase you out of here because we're a tough sport. <laughs> we oh. will make sure you never make another free throw for us. You guys have seen the number of championships you have against the rest of the big sports towns, right? Maybe there's, maybe it's something to do with your behavior and your local media. Maybe you're taking a little bit too much pride in the weird thing. All right, well, who's your favorite guy to boo? Okay, I'll tell you who. First of all, Eddie Spaghetti. I I like it. I I always invoke. I I like when. I absolutely. You think I You're don't love Twitter the Cleveland help. You're gonna try to get help from Josh Yoey on Twitter. You need a you need a Penguins beat writer. I wasn't. He point. commented on He's your hated. on He's your hated. comportment. I know I he is. He's I, the face I, I, of the I, league. I, and, I, and I wasn't stirring it up. I'm just saying, like, I I don't like him as a player. I think a lot of people I know don't like him as a player. Simple as that. But like that's you. You weren't. It should have been like, yeah, I, I see your point. Like, and then move on. But and I, Lex I, I Luthor, and you can go and you can ask Lex Luthor and uh, Brainiac what they think of Superman. They're not going to be keen on him either. That's because he keeps beating them. No I don't wonder think that was your reaction, though. Your reaction seemed like you were offended that to even bring it up. Oh, I mean, like every I every but every fan base has like a Sydney Crybaby shirt. Like it's not. A, I'm not. This is not news, though. Have <laughs> you not seen that? Because everybody's jealous. Listen, you're the face of the league. Tom Brady gets booed everywhere he goes, almost. Uh, LeBron James gets booed everywhere he goes and it, and baseball, nobody boos Mike Trout. And that's not a good thing. Cause nobody knows what Mike Trout looks like apparently because baseball has become so irrelevant. Hench, you were a part, another, you know, like taking the actual, the, the person's name off of it. There are certain things you can point to face of the league. Like I say, most Duke blue devils, who's the most hated Duke blue devil, Christian Leitner, Grayson Allen, or JJ Redick. Well, I don't think, I don't, think you can put reddick up with those two douche not anymore i think you he's know, taken yeah, himself yeah. off so we got it so that's kind of we'll get to the finals right away with those two um and then i would say it's funny i think leitner um the stomp leitner gets you know just everything is kind of cat encapsulated in that moment um whereas i think grayson allen's 
body of douchebag work is actually much bigger than yeah. Leitner's. So in a mild upset, I would say Grayson Allen, but you know, my my least favorite Duke Blue Devil, Mike Shashevsky. Ah, well played. I've got a couple. I, I have a I have a list of 18 that I could add probably 800 more names to, but I, I've, I've reduced it down to 18 to save everybody some time to, to hear about my uh, my issues, my emotional issues that these people have caused me. I, I'm going to go Christian Leitner as my most hated because Grayson Allen is Brad Marchand to, let's say, Sidney Crosby's Christian Leitner. Christian Leitner was a great, he was the best player in the game at the time. That sounds like you're admitting that Sidney Crosby's a douchebag, though. I no, think Spaghetti just won that argument. I, I, you okay, that's an interesting point. It's an interesting point. It's an interesting point. Bitten by my own snake. I'm just talking about who's who's more successful as a player. You get my point. Yeah. Speaking of that, I could go on and on, and so could you. Hench, let's start with your teams. I'm curious from a Boston Celtics fan uh viewpoint, who is the who was during the Showtime Lakers v Celtics rivalry? Who was who who was the most hated guy on the Lakers? Is it e- is it just too easy and it was magic? No, I mean, uh, I mean, magic to me kind of did what Jeter did, where you're just like, oh, fuck, man, it's just kind of classy and great, like you know, you know. But but Rambus was the goon, you know. Rambus was doing that job, so Rambus was Claude Lemieux, you know. Rambus was the the agitator, flagrant fowler um, uh, on that team, so we hated him. But it's interesting because I was thinking about. You know, I'm sure none of us actually boo. I never like actually go boo, boo, boo. I don't know if I how often I've booed. I'm not <laughs> sure how booed. often I've actually. Booed. I've booed plenty. What are you talking like, about? Oh my god, I, right, I've booed, boo, boo. Um, so, but I was thinking about guys like guys that I rooted for, and I mean, obviously, Roethlisberger falls in this category for you. But like, even as I was rooting for Danny Ainge, I'm like. Oh, this guy's fucking despicable. I, 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 I would want, I would fucking want him strung up if he wasn't on my team. Like he was such a crybaby, such a pest, and and uh, and and so hateable. Um, the guy that I would probably have booed if I was a booer the most with the Celtics was Antoine Walker. Who guy was he? Was zero for ten from behind the arc and set the record. By fucking going, you know what? I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it on this 11th one. So he went 0 for 11 from behind the arc one night. You know, Antoine, it just drove me insane. Uh, you know what's a good booing story? Hmm. Going back even further in Celtics lore. In, in the 1986 finals, um, when uh, the Rockets beat the Lakers on the, the Sampson turnaround. Right. And people forget... Ralph Sampson averaged like 22, 11, 20 and 11 and 19 and 11, his first three years in the league. Like he was an all-star and he punches, he's seven, four, he punches Jerry Cease thing who's six, one, the brawl breaks out when in game six in Boston, he's booed every time he touches the ball. And I've never seen it affect a guy as much like he was obviously a little psychologically fragile and he was like what does everyone hate me like he he went four for 12 eight points he was invisible and it was like you could see him like he'd get the ball everyone start to boo and he'd go i better get rid of this ball the only way to stop them from booing is to throw it to throw it back to somebody else but you could see 
the, the fucking chorus of booze just grinding on him. Uh, because I, you know, most guys, if you're great, you love it. Yeah, that's right. And that's what I'm saying. Like that, that's what I keep saying there to Eddie Spaghetti about this. I, you're, you're misinterpreting. I like it when people boo, as Reggie Jackson said, they don't boo. Nobody's they don't boo. You know, nobody boos. Well, now they will with the Cincinnati Bengals, but you know, that's what I was a bad example. Nobody boos the 21st century Miami dolphins. They don't do anything to cause anybody any, any pain. Of course, if you're a rival of those guys, then you don't like them. Speaking of which, any flyers thug in history, just the collective group, Ben Wilson, Craig Berube. I'm even going to include the new GM of the Pittsburgh Penguins, Ronnie Hextall. I hate him. Any Yankee period. I like no Yankees. I don't like any Yankees. Kevin Hench, more magnanimous than I am though. He says, Derek Jeter, likable at the end of the day. Uh, just respect, you know, I mean, when the guy throws that beautiful mug face first into the concrete stands to catch a foul ball, you, you, you've got to admire it. Now, A-Rod, it's amazing. A-Rod yeah, is probably one of the five greatest baseball players of all time. I mean, nobody fucking understands you're hitting 57 home runs at shortstop at shortstop. You're, he was such a dominant player and now he's on the, on the panel for the pregame show and everyone in Boston is just booing him and fucking chanting, you suck. And he thinks it's funny. Like he doesn't. And it's like, no, we really hate you. We really hate you. Like more than people hate Barry Bonds. People hate that fucking guy. And I don't know. There's just something about him. Maybe it's that it is that that transparent thirstiness to be liked. He would like you to like him. So he pretends he likes that you're booing him. That's great. You hate me. I love it. Terrific. But like you look at his numbers. He He's so hated. People do not acknowledge how fucking unbelievable he was. Just unbelievable player. Yeah, that's a, that's right. Now, next group, any free agent. This is a, a rule, an obvious one. Any free agent who leaves your town to go elsewhere. Barry Bonds, you just described him to a T. He got booed for many, many, many moons by Pittsburgh fans. Cliff Stout, this is a slap in the face to, to football town Pittsburgh. Cliff Stout, who was... Uh, Terry Bradshaw's backup and was ready to take over for him. Then he went to the Birmingham Stallions. He left the NFL. He left the Steelers to go to the dirty USFL. Ugh, embarrassing for, for Pittsburgh. Um, and uh, Marion Hosa has to get a shout out there. He almost wins the Stanley Cup with the Penguins on Crosby's wing and then decides in front, well, let's run it back. Let's get those wings next year. Then Hosa says, no, I think I have a better chance of winning the Cup with the wings and he signs with the wings. But then what happened? He had to shake hands with Crosby and the rest of the penguins the following spring when he was proven wrong by the hated, apparently Sidney Crosby. Well, that reminds me of when I desperately wanted the the Bruins to sign Jerome and Ginla at the deadline. And he chose the penguins. Right. And then uh, the penguins did not get a shot on goal for four consecutive games is how I recall that, that series. Yeah. I have seen goalies. Tell you, it's a funny point about the booing and harassing guys. I can't, I can't think of the the pitcher's name, the Braves pitcher who um, who dropped the ball when he when the Pirates fans were chanting his name in the one in the uh, wild card game back in 2013. In the Denny one, Nagel? Denny no, 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 no. I, I, I can't. I, Eddie Eddie Whitson Eddie Whitson pitched, you know, for the Yankees, right? And then, and they were like, he can't pitch at home, otherwise he's great. <laughs> <laughs> that's it is the smell blood in the water thing richard todd like 
Why Richard Todd made it clear like New York City wasn't for him, and then they doubled down as a result of that. Boy, they really will turn on you hard. As far as that goes, also college star who transfers mid starring role for the team for your alma mater or for the school that you're matriculating at at the time. Luke Record did that. He left the Hoosiers and Bob Knight to go to Iowa. Then he, things got sideways in a real way for him. So I don't want to. Lawrence Funderburg though, he left the Hoosiers and went to Ohio State, and everybody booed him in Assembly Hall in his first game back, but not Damashek because uh, at a party one time, Lawrence Funderburg hit on my girlfriend. And I'm one of these people who's vain enough that I don't take insult when you hit on my girlfriend. I'm flattered. It means I have good taste. Like, yeah, of course you should hit on her. Like, I don't I don't ever understand when guys are like, what are you looking at? Uh, a good-looking girl? Like, she's with me. Well, then congratulations to you. Muzzle tub. That's how I felt about Lawrence Funderburg. Hey, Larry, you and me got the same taste. We're not that different after all, are we? Um, and also she rejected him in favor of Damashek. So even more reason uh, to, to stay keen on her and, and not hold it against him. Now, here are my top three most hated players in history after I quickly get through this list. Billy Smith. Melodimer hockey. Hockey, can we at least agree, Eddie Spaghetti and Hench, I think you'll you'll sign off on this too. Hockey brings out the most hate, right? Don't you hate guys the most? Uh, uh, the, the, your your foes, the nature of the well, game. Again, we know, but. In, no. the, in, the, uh, in the Danny Hange category, obviously I've got Brad Marchand, who I'm sure is going to make your list. Yes. Um, but uh, so I, because, you know, you can develop a reputation um, for going low in football. Like you can, uh, you know, I mean, Vontez perfect, you know, is a, is a perfect example of what we're saying. Like you can do enough to go, that guy's a bad guy, but it's not constant like hockey. I mean, in hockey, you can be a douchebag on every shift. And so, you know, I mean, the Dale Hunters of the world do at the end of a series against these guys, you, you know, it's, it's, uh, was it Chris Draper who said, I can't believe I shook his fucking hand. Like you hate them so much after seven games. Uh, so I, I would agree with you on the hockey. Um, it is weird that the most despicable opponents is, is in the sport where they have the most gentlemanly conclusion. That's <laughs> true. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, that's right. I've just been in arenas too often and just seen white with rage about what, uh, what, a, what an opponent just did. I go crazy with that, with hockey more than the other sports. I wonder why that is. If you disagree what about with that. Billy Smith though, goalie can hardly qualify. Goalie. Oh, he's such a douchebag. I send you pictures all the time on one of our text chains with Nick Santora, Islanders fan Supreme with, uh, with Billy Smith using his stick, like a, like a hatchet on unsuspecting skaters who, who dared to come within 10 feet of him what a creep all-time creep him and his toupee brad marchand makes a list john tonelli another islander he scored the overtime winner to to end the penguins bid to pull off the greatest upset in hockey history knocking off the two-time champion islanders marion hosa who i mentioned you mentioned dale hunter he's in the tie at number eight with dino cicerelli wayne gretzky who would be number one for me 
because I'm sure he would be like Don Draper and I'd be the other guy in the elevator. I don't think about you at all. Guy like Wayne Gretzky is loathsome in a sneaky way. His passive aggression towards the true greatest. He knew 66 was better than him, but he could never honor him properly with words or deeds. 66, always a gentleman back to 99, but, but somehow, Oh, Wayne, could never, could never lower himself to acknowledge that he was on the ice with a guy who was his equal, nay, his superior, Screw you, Wayno. Kerry Frazier. He's the only referee to make my list in any sport. Kerry Frazier with that head of hair in the NHL. John Tortorella, loathsome coach, Mike Keenan as well. Doug West committed to Pitt way back at the early days of the Big East to committed to Pitt and then backed out and went to hated Villanova and he got booed and it definitely got in his head when Pitt fans would boo him in Fitzgerald Fieldhouse. Christian Leitner. Barry Goheen, who in 88 um, hit the the miracle shots to knock the mighty Pitt Panthers out of the uh, March Madness tournament there. Chet Parlovecchio from Penn State, the linebacker, who badmouthed Danny Marino in Pitt and uh, and said that they weren't worthy of that number one ranking because uh, they, they played um, – uh, they played crummy teams all season long, and then Penn State beat Pitt 48-14 to and proved himself correct, and now I was extra resentful of that. Lou Holtz, all-time creepo, and he continues to be an even bigger creepy than he ever was of late. Rodney Harrison, douchebag for many reasons, hench on your Patriots. He's my least favorite, Pat. Cliff Harris of the Cowboys. And Neil O'Donnell, who threw away a golden opportunity to uh for the Steelers to beat the Cowboys and go a perfect 3 and 0 in the in in uh American sports biggest game. But here we go. My big 3, my three most hated of all time. At number 3, Caps creep Tom Wilson. Thug. Yeah, you're not going mean, to get any argument from uh, Bruins and Rangers fans on Tom Wilson. Number 2, Joe Paterno. And number always, oh, oh, you know what? Late change, late change. Number two, Vontez Burfecht for, oh, okay. yeah. for a million reasons, for a million reasons. And, but number one, it is Joe Paterno. I changed it. It's Joe Paterno. He went out of his way. Arch rival, great. Talk stuff. That makes it more fun, makes the rivalry better. But Joe impugned Jackie Sherrill, who talk about his equal, was he, he built a program with Johnny Majors that was better than Penn State. Joe didn't like that. He wanted to form his own conference. And Jackie had the temerity to say, nah, not interested. Joe held that against him forever and not accused Pitt of cheating and, and paying recruits and everything else. I don't know if that was true or not. I don't know if you heard though. Joe was doing worse stuff, and his program was a little bit worse off say, than any kid ever. And did. that, and that was the worst thing he ever did. He was mean to Jackie Sherrill. It is always yes. If you're a homo, same as a homophobic congressman. If you if you can't shut up about how uh, being gay is a sin uh, uh, against uh, your religion or whatever, you're probably hiding something. Joe Paterno railing on and on about uh, the lawlessness of the pit football program. What's going on? Uh, what's going on under your roof there, Joe? Uh, you know Suck what? it for eternity, you creep. You should. Uh, I highly recommend that uh, that Cosby documentary um, by uh, Watch W. It. Kamau Bell. Uh, right. Did I get that right? But uh, it, you know, it get it does it shows the Hannibal Burris clip. It's like grainy, not even cell phone footage. It's such weird footage. But like his point, you know, it wasn't really a thought out bit. But he was like. Hey, Kaz, 
you can either be a humorless moral scold telling us to pull our pants up or you can be a rapist but you can't be both you can't be both those things that's no that's a no-go and it was like it took somebody like making it kind of darkly funny and then saying google bill cosby rapist and then and it was weird because then everyone was like oh i guess we can't pretend not to know about this anymore and then it just fucking gained this crazy crazy acceleration until uh donald trump's crazy lawyer fucked that up too bruce castor is that his name the guy who, who fucking Right. in front of congress and then it's like yeah that's that the scene right. the, and then they roll in that cosby scene when they're having the cookout in the backyard and and heathcliff huxtable is talking about drugging all the women hey here's what you do my son-in-laws and my son what you do is that uh, you, you drug the woman and then he and then he tries he does the same thing to claire let's go upstairs and drink like what in the hell cosby? it's so crazy it's it so really insane it's all right so let's crazy. wrap it up with this hench have you already shared your most hated? Give me one to three. My most hated players of all time. Um, Bucky Dent. How are you saying Bucky Dent, right? But like Bucky Dent, like Bucky Dent did one thing. You know, he was not like he wasn't a constant. Uh, you know, he didn't constantly destroy us year after year. I'm going to do it year. for you now. Uh, I'm going to do it for you. It's got to be go. Roger Clemens or Wade Boggs. Um Clemens would be way, way up there. No, I no problem with Wade Boggs, but uh, but um, you Rode know, a horse was, around Yankee Stadium. If I was if I was going um straight like guy who fucking stabbed me repeatedly, Andrew Tony would be very high on the list. Like you just could not stop him once when he wanted to score. Um, a Rod, as I mentioned earlier, just fucking so loathsome as, as to not be believed. Uh. Let me think of a good what's a good football one i mean your guy seven would be way up there i don't think you fully hate understand. him i don't think you fully understand how much people hate that guy because check oh i understand knows, it check check everybody who knows knows what a bad guy he is so when he's up there with the fucking lord talk and all it's just such a fraud he's such a fraud and you know to your point about like hey man if you're invoking this and that and the other thing we should look in your closet and it's like we don't have to look in people's closets we know people who know the guy he's a fucking terrible guy so yeah, your team had a serial killer on it pipe down you i don't want to hear about it and also here's why here's why i re get resentful of it cuz to spaghetti's earlier comment People get up on Mount Pius about it when it's somebody else's team. But look at all these teams that are in on Deshaun Watson. We know what Deshaun Watson situation is. No matter. There are, there are many teams chasing him right now. I mean, that, hey, but me, all right, look, this is obviously okay. perilous. This is perilous. But when, when a grand jury is impaneled, the grand jury is only hearing from the prosecution. They're not, there's no defense mounted in the grand jury. The grand jury it's a fucking layup. Like, hey, here's what this piece of shit did. Here's how many times he did it. And we would like to indict him. For, for a grand jury to go, uh, we don't think you, you've got enough. You're definitely going to lose when the defense gets to talk out loud. So, I mean, I guess I was thrown by the lack of an indictment, just given what seems to be the preponderance of evidence. But um, I, I do feel like... I mean, I don't know this, this world, like we have these two worlds, right? We have the world 
we have jurisprudence, we have the legal system, and then we have like, well, we've got a pretty good feeling about this and we just want to fucking like, we just don't want this guy to play. And it's like, well, we, the court of law has to matter, right? The court of law in a, in a society where rule of law always hanging by a thread as we fucking watch Russia, right? Rule of law. I mean, the whole reason contracts are honored is rule of law. Like, so I don't know, like, I feel like as somebody who's fucking talked a lot of shit about Deshaun Watson, I feel like if, if he's, if, if the prosecution could not get an indictment out of the grand jury, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm. Yeah, it is super I'm weird. People immediately go to like, well, uh, people, you know, uh, conspiracy theory types throughout there. So like, what incentive would they have? It's in Houston. What incentive that, oh, we, we trust Casario to swing a good deal. The people impaneled in the grand jury. I don't think they were doing that math. Of like, I think we're going to get three firsts back for him. Let's, let's make this happen. Let's, let's uh, grease the skids here. Eddie Spaghetti, your thoughts. Uh, give us uh, your top one, the two, three. Well, I already mentioned Crosby. You um, son of I, a bitch. You better I, not mention Crosby. He's always one of your three most hated guys in history. Yeah, yeah, he really is. <laughs> See, this is what I'm saying. Like, Hench brings up Big Ben, and you're immediately like, wait, Deshaun Watson. It's like, you're allowed to hate a guy without bringing up I something care. else. That's like, fine. It makes I'm, me laugh. But it, I it, like it. It, it kind of got under your skin. I like, gave the reasons why I don't like Crosby, and that wasn't acceptable. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Sitting Crosby on my list, it's not going to change. Um, I hated Matt Leiner, Reggie Bush, growing up, that USC team really got under my skin. Growing up, Hench. Now the, I hate spaghetti. The, growing up, he hated Matt Leiner. But he also, the way he makes it sound like they were there for 10 years, <laughs> growing up, from 4 to 14. It kind of was. They owned you. They owned they ND. Oh, and, and, then the one year, and then the one year they didn't, and they should have won, it was the the Bush, the illegal Bush push. But, um, so, yeah, I hate <laughs> Illegal. It. It, it was it's it is that wasn't a legal move back in the day when that happened. Kind of, kind of, sort of. I'll I'll never forget that. I hate it. It's what's funny now is like, well, it, it, there was a point in time. Obviously, now I'm a huge hockey uh, NFL fan, but there was a certain stretch, and I'm I'm, not, I'm sure Hench uh, may agree when the Red Sox Yankees are really going at it. To me, that was like my favorite time in sports, and those Sox teams with like. Schilling and Manny and Poppy and Pedroia and uh, like Trot Nixon, all those like weird bullpen guys with like, the long hair. They like I just hated them so much. But it's so weird now. Uh, Pedro I didn't even mention, but Poppy on TV, lovable as could be, no problem with Poppy. Uh, Manny, same thing. I don't have a problem with Manny anymore. And then Pedro, Schilling, Schilling completely Schilling, lovable. Schilling, completely lovable. I did not mention Schilling. Uh, but Pedro, like I, I, I think I told the story on the pod uh, a while back. Like I met Pedro in person, and he was like the guy you wanted to hang with for hours and just to hear him to to tell stories. So like I hated those those Red Sox teams by far more than anything. Hockey, I mean, who else? Like Brodeur, Chris Simon hit a whole leg in the face with a stick. There's no one I really hated the local team. What about the team. Islanders? You should I hate just said Islanders Chris Simon, and but Devils. like Chris Simon, it was like, but the Islanders were never really that good. The Devils had Brodeur and the bat, like you know, we, there was no real hateable guy on the team that really got under my skin. Same thing with like the Flyers, the Rangers, they beat them a lot. Like Claude Giroux was not really a guy that I would hate, or I, it just Crosby for some reason really did it uh, for hockey. 
football, like Brady, I hated Brady, and then like Brady, it just got so good that you're like, I'm not gonna hate this guy. And then he goes on to Tampa, and he's like lovable now. And I mean, then that's how McNabb, that was my journey precisely with LeBron. Like you know, when LeBron went to the Heat, I was like, this fucking guy, that's so lazy. Like fucking, you're just gonna go collect your championships? Come on, you're better than that. And then it's like, oh, he is better than that. He's fucking still dropping fifty. I'm like, all right, all right, all right. I like you. I fucking like you. You're mm-hmm. unbelievable. Uh, yep. Schilling's a good one though for like the gap between like when you didn't know anything, like how much I fucking loved Kurt Schilling when he announced, uh, I'm going to go to Boston to win multiple championships. So uh, I'm here and I'm a fucking badass. And you're like, Ugh. you fucking deliver right away. Like it was, it was insane. He put all this pressure on himself, completely delivered, um, you know, and then it was like, you know, Hitler had some good ideas. What, what was the last part? The bloody sock <laughs> stuff. It just like, oh my god, it was not. Euclid uh, didn't mention Damon, who ended up being Theowulf became Yankees, which is like a weird thing. Which is why I Jose Altuve I never mentioned either. I hate Jose Altuve right now. Um, hey, let me not- ask you about Altuve because this is a big. This is a big difference. Like he's not letting him take off his shirt, right? It's like, I mean, has that been explained? Like, why is he not? Like, what else could be the explanation for Altuve's? response don't take my shirt off under any circumstances what else could it be it's it, it really is uh it, it's the jason giambi thing when they and andy pettit when they all got busted with steroids when you know all the stars the guys who refuse to acknowledge it are the ones who continue to get raked over the coals. Mark McGuire isn't in the Hall of Fame. Barry Bonds aren't, isn't in the It's insane that, that 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 would be the case. Giambi, like no one ever even mentions him with rumors of, of that because it was just like as soon as he got caught out, he's like, yeah, you got me. That's one of the, you know, wanted to keep up and that's what I did and that was a mistake and like nobody ever bad enough it's a good lesson for the kids out there hey the this way- is a great theory by the way as we move into day 21 of of, of uh, Eddie Spaghetti dropping the ball on killing Vladimir Putin I'm just assuming you haven't fucking gotten around to that yet but especially with what's theory- his name Elon Musk said he wants to fight uh Putin to the death bit thief that's Eddie Spaghetti's bit he's the one who's going over there <laughs> I, I look I will I will honor my commitment to whoever does it, but somebody came up. I think it's a good theory because obviously fucking old dwarf Vladimir Putin has fucking, we know he's cycled a lot. Like, I mean, he does look ridiculous with his shirt off on the horse because he's in the Soviet fucking system of do steroids all the time. And someone had the theory that guy's fucking brain is rotten. Like, like when Lyle Alzado died of steroid overdose, basically like that he's, he's in the throes of roid rage. Like he's been doing mm. steroids for so long. And I'm like all the more reason for spaghetti to fucking sneak into the country. But that might improve uh, short. The odds just got a little shorter on Putin. If he's, if he's juiced up there, spaghetti may be getting more than he, uh, than he uh, thought he was signing on for there. Um, and he does play hockey and judo. Those are sports. Maybe Putin should be higher on my list of hateable athletes. Matt Cook, by the way, is the guy who's like, yeah, I know he's on my team. I'd hate him if he were on oh the other God. team. He's definitely think- one of those guys. And half the Steelers defenders that I've watched over over my lifetime are that guy. Mean Joe Green is definitely one of those guys. Donnie Shell was one of those guys. Joey Porter, Greg Lloyd. 
the list goes on and on. It's really hard when your guy, and I think it was Matt Cook that gave Mark Savard his fucking worst concussion and put put him in the dark room. Um, It's really hard when, when one of your guys has the sickening hit, you're like, Oh fuck that. You know, like you're like, did, was that as bad as it looked? And then you see the replay and you're like, Oh yeah. McAvoy went in with his stick to the head. Like it, like that, that's exactly as bad. And it was just so, it, you just, you're, you're so bummed out. Cause you're like, um, I would hate that fucking guy. If he did that to my guy. Rangers yeah. had Sean Avery is another one that probably oh, was hated yes. by a lot of people, but I love Sean Avery. He was one of my favorite Rangers of all time. He's one of those guys too. It's a Christian Leitner a little bit. It's like, cause I've, I've talked to him a couple of times over the years and it's like, he gets it. He's in on the bit, and you're kind. And you're like, I can't hold it against you. If if you knew what you were doing, it, that it was, it that you knew exactly how to push the buttons on Shaq and everything, it, it you get a weird respect for it. Yes, Sean Avery was a delight. Uh, so much so that I couldn't completely hate him after. after and there's the a whole there. That's there's a whole category, of guys. I mean, we've mentioned so many of them who are like, if they're not that guy, they're not in the league. Like that, you know, that is their position on the team is this insane four checker, just fucking snot knocker, little, you know, stick work when you used to be able to do it. I mean, it's so funny when you see these hooking penalties now, you know, the guy just rests the stick on the hip and it's a hooking penalty. It's like you could jack the guy, you could dig into the guy's ribs for 60 feet. There'd be fucking no call. Well, what used to be in the NHL is, of course, is. You know, Wayne Gretzky, if you if you dared to touch him, he had a goon literally either on the ice with him or a guy who quickly would be in Semenko or McSorley or otherwise would jump in. The thing people don't like about Crosby is because he's he, he projects his league, face of the league, pretty boy and everything else. What they don't like is the same thing about Tom Brady is they don't like Tom Brady looking for calls. Like, don't you have enough on top of it? You want calls? What they really don't like about Crosby too is if you give him guff, he gives you guff back. I, people expect superstars to play nice and, the, and that's not the way he's going to play it. Hey, I know we don't always, you know, like it's not the nature of our our weekly podcast to go like, hey, you know, I, you know, I picked the Rams at the beginning of the season. I picked Baylor to win the tournament. I hope you guys are listening. It's a gambling podcast, ostensibly, you know, blah, blah. But you couldn't really wager on this, although you kind of could wager on it. You could wager on it when the fucking Bucks went to 60 to one to win the Super Bowl. You could have wagered on that. If you listen to this podcast, we were very clear. Tom Brady will come out of retirement if six weeks with the family proves to be his limit. Like we said it very clearly. Like we're like, no, no, we don't know yet because if you know you're going to leave, anyone can do six weeks with their family. If you know it's fucking free sailing after that. Of course, (laughs) we could all manage six weeks. But when it's like six weeks and then the rest of your life. So it's these six weeks and then all the six weeks from here on after forever and ever and ever. And he fucking snapped. He was like, "Holy shit! These people are but these people are boring. I don't like them. I don't. I don't want to talk to them. I don't want to fucking watch movies with them. I hate Harry Potter. All I care about is football. I don't even like this hot chick I live with. I don't even know if I'm fucking straight anymore. All I want to do is be with dudes and play football. And it's like it was like and and you know that the fucking gambling sites are like, we got some big bets from sharps in the days leading up to that announcement. And they're like, uh, that's not cool. If he retires." Wait for it to go to 60 to one 
and then come in large and then, wow, that's a big bet on a 60 to one team with no quarterback. I love it. We didn't get this, but I was sure it was going to be the Niners so he could play fantasy camp for a year. But Bruce Arians uh, refused, I guess, to let that happen. Maybe Brady just liked it better there. Although I find that a little fishy too, that he just accepted Tampa. I He had to have preferred San Francisco, right? You would think, so I don't know. Mind, in your mind, it was, he knew he was going to play. The whole thing was engineering his way a la Harden to another yeah. city. And then, uh, you know, the Bucks. the Bucks followed the Aaron Rodgers handbook and said, uh, fuck off. You know, I, fuck, I yeah. do think that's super funny that Aaron Rodgers must have felt like, oh, this is great. Brady's gone now. Oh, I'm going to roll. I mean, Matt Stafford, he had his moment, but that was last year. This 2022, here come the Packers. Good luck stopping this train. And then Brady comes back, makes me laugh. And watch out for Devontae Adams maybe ditching out and going to the Raiders or otherwise, too. That's not cinched up just yet. And if that happened... Also very funny. It was sort of like the Nathaniel Hackett thing. Like, you hire me. Guess who's on my heels? This guy. Like, Aaron Rodgers like, oh, you come back. Just tag Devontae. He wants to be with me. Like, Devontae, you can be with me, right? You don't want to be with Derek Carr. I know you had good times in college, but it's great. This is going to almost seem like this show is produced because we should should put a bow on it with what I think a very unlikely entry – into the most booable athlete of all time. Like I didn't have any fucking problem with Aaron Rodgers for 15 years. I didn't, I think I was amazing. Like the, the damage that guy did in the course of one year, you know, I mean, starting with fucking shitting on green Bay, like it is the oasis of professional sports. It's the most magical place in the sports landscape. Hey man, it's not exactly a tourist destination. It really sucks. <laughs> Fuck you. Like people, people come here for me, man, for me. Like, I'm like, what? Stop talking. God, you're awful. Oh my God. Uh, and then, and then getting into the, um, uh, yeah, I'm, 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 uh, I'm immunized. I'm immunized. <laughs> like just like, <laughs> it was creepo. Like, I know. and then, and then capping it with fucking Alan Lazard running wide open to fucking end the game and survive the Niners and trying to force it deep to Devontae Adams. What a 12 months for that piece of shit uh, who, who now uh, I'd put on my list. Well, I don't like either one of you spaghetti cynicism about Crosby and you shoveling the coal into the Sheck express. Look what I did. I steered us right into the Aaron Rodgers to put a bow on it. Choo, choo. Coming into the station. Another successful minus three for you. Well done, Kevin Hench. I hope you ever get a bet along with us. FanDuel.com slash minus three. Of course, we can't wait to be watching the games on Thursday, Friday, and beyond. We'll be back on the other side of the first and second rounds and looking ahead to NBA and NHL playoffs, all the rest of it. Good times, good stuff, Eddie Spaghetti. Thanks for listening, everybody. Like I say, talk to you next week. Until then, it's been a thin slice